For garden color from the ground up, start with the ground. Vigoro Colored Bark Mulch from The Home Depot. Now, three bags for just nine bucks. It protects your plants beautifully and maintains its color for up to 12 months in shades of red, brown, or black that really set off your garden, not to mention your spring. Bring on spring color with Vigoro Colored Bark Mulch. Three bags, nine bucks. Now at The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 60 per customer. Color selection varies by store. What's up, everybody? Today is Friday, March 16th, and we're coming to you live from the heart of Little Italy, San Diego. This is Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude being heard on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Anchor, (laughs) being seen on YouTube, And of course, Facebook Live. Good morning, everybody. What's up, Mr. Lauren Harris? How are you, buddy? All right. I'm going to read this bio real quick. I'm excited about this guy. What's up, Michelle from Spain? My Spanish queen. (laughs) I freaking love Fridays. Oh, man. All right. Man, I like this. This Facebook music thing is great. I don't even know who any of these people are, but it's freaking awesome. I don't even care. All right, here's the deal. So our guest today, by the way, good morning and good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. It's called Morning Gratitude because, you know, it's morning somewhere, but we recognize that we have a global audience and we freaking love you. We love you. We support you. Um, and you are you mean a lot to us. And um, the success of this show is really because of you guys, and I'm just beyond grateful because we are taking off. Good things are happening. Uh, God, <laughs> all glory to God and uh, all thanks to you. So Kenny Jones, the comeback kid, expert at guiding people back to the resilient roots without shame so, they, so that they can stand firm in their powerful harvest. Author of the Amazon best-selling book, Comeback Season. I love that name. The Untapped Art of Mastering Your Resilience. Kenny empowers business owners and dreamers to embrace their personal stories at the core of their success. No matter how difficult or unpopular, he speaks candidly about how to turn the pain into purpose. Wow, we're going to have a fun conversation. He speaks candidly about how to turn pain into purpose while healing from revealing. Wow. Now, an entrepreneur and life enthusiast. His business approach is realistic and personal, but has positioned numerous authors and entrepreneurs and humans to their own stories. Holy crap, this is going to be a blast. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the man. What's up, Brad French? Renan, good to see you. Lisa Walker, hello from London. Ladies and gentlemen, Kenny Jones. Oh my God. What's up, man? Dude, I am... I'm so excited. I'm, 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 today is a happy day for me. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a happy day for me. It's Friday. It's super sunny here where I'm in Philly right now. Um, I'm super, super excited to be here with you, Josh. I really am. Good, man. I'm happy to have you. So it's sunny in Philly? Yeah, which is funny because in about two days, we're going to go through 
uh, a bomb cyclone for three days of <laughs> snow <laughs> and wind. But it's just going to be a mess. But today is Sunday, so we'll, we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Hi, Tyler. Good to see you. And Dr. Garcia, good to see you, my man. Um, so, radio audience, if you're wondering who the heck I'm talking to, you can check us out at Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude. Um, we have an amazing guest today who, I mean, I did honestly, uh, Kenny, I knew nothing about you, really. And so I'm reading, I'm reading your bio. Good morning, Rachel. I'm reading your bio going, oh, my gosh, this guy sounds like me. I... I mean, it's one thing, and so this is a lesson I... Wait, before we get into this, dadgummit, I almost forgot. This is the most important thing we do every morning. What are you grateful for this morning, Kenny? Well, first of all, I'm grateful for waking up this morning, um, being started on my way, giving, having strength and power to be able to say thank you, to be able to give gratitude. I'm thankful for breath. I'm thankful for food. I'm thankful for people. I'm thankful for being able to to have the activity of my limbs, being able to see, hear, taste, feel, and touch. Um, so I'm just, in, I'm just in lots of gratitude about being alive. I love that. Yeah. The um, and that and and that is, I had somebody, Chris Burns, came on the show and talked about being grateful for death. And it, Chris, Chris is. Do, do you know Chris? Yeah. Yeah, he, dude, he's he's the real deal. I I'm a huge fan of his, and that. That forever set the tone for gratitude and just how deep gratitude can really go. Um, but yeah, you're, when I'm reading your profile or your, your bio and it talks about resilience and it talks about standing in your truth and like I'm going, yeah, man, this is my people. Because for a long time, like, so this is the cycle of my, my life. I used to be able to tell people all the bad stuff about, not all the bad stuff, but just enough convenient bad stuff to push people away. Yeah. You know, yeah. just like yeah. stay away, like enough just to push them away so I could continue to live the life that I was living. And then after six times in jail and then finally giving my life, you know, to Christ and, and making my life change, that was something. But... I was still holding back. I, I knew that I was called to serve and to power other people and to share my truth and show, hey, look, you, you can overcome. I mean, you can turn your life around. You can use your pain. But the problem was I wasn't being completely honest still. Yes. And, and, that, and then it took, and I, I've joined an amazing program. It's a leadership, emotional intelligence program called ALA. And... Mm -hmm. It, 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 I don't know what, where the shift was, but in that moment, because I committed to doing this going, I'm getting rid of all of this toxic crap. I'm getting, all, getting rid of everything that's held me back. I'm going all in. And I did. And part of that commitment was standing my truth and revealing the rest of the truth so that I could finally live free. And I had no idea just how powerful that was and how it not only transformed my life, but also put me in the position to finally fulfill or to start to fulfill what God created me to do. And that was all, it all went back to truth. And my man, Lauren Harris is watching right now. He says, the, the one thing that always remains the same is the truth. That's it. 
So how in the world did you get into this work? Because there's a lot of people that have no problem telling like it is, but to really reveal your truth, the nasty, dirty scars and everything so that you can bring light to the world. What motivated you to do that? Oh man, well, first of all, when you are able to live in all of you. That's inclusive of your mess, that's inclusive of your turmoil, your message, and the, the power in which you bring to a space. Um, for me, the thing that motivated me to do this work, so for, just like you, for a very long time, I had been really good about keeping people at bay, particularly <laughs> when it came to the things that I was doing. So I had, um, I've been working a career and I was really good at mentorship and been working with college students and was really good about telling everybody about my awards and things of that nature. Um, but when it came time to tell people about my struggles, I, I would go into myself and I was ashamed about the things that I struggled with. Um, you know, and, and I, I love the fact that you brought up this this uh, this approach of understanding what God has for you because God cannot bless who you pretend to be. <laughs> right? He, he, Hold on, I want to write this down. <laughs> I'm writing that down. That was amazing. God, wait, say that again. God cannot bless who you pretend to be. God right? cannot bless who you pretend to be. So I would wake up every morning and I would pray and I would say, you know, thank you. So how long did it take you? There's a lot of people watching right now that 
have aspirations of writing a book, what kind of advice would you give to somebody? Because it's overwhelming. You're like you pick up a book and you're like, this is one, this is one of the books I'm reading now, Giftology. And you look at it, you're like, man, that's a lot of pages. <laughs> I don't have the attention span for that. So what, what kind of, re- what kind of re- what recommendation do you have for someone that aspires to write a book? Like, just the, the first step. Like, what would be the first step and then maybe the second? Hi, Tia. Um, the, first, hi, Tia. the first step is you need to embrace your story. Because there are millions of books out there, but not one of them is telling your story. Woo! Yeah. It's not misery. <laughs> uh, right? It's not misery because you know you. You know you. So it's not going to take a year for you to find out your story. Right. So that's step one. You have to be okay to stand in your entire self because when you write your book about the things that you have gone through and the, the, the actual actionable steps that you have taken to get beyond whatever your story is or how you live your life, <clears throat> then the pages will come. So that is my that's my advice. Embrace your first story, and then secondly, write. I don't care how it sounds, how it looks, what the comma splices are. You're not trying to graduate. You're trying to write a book, right? So there's going to be critics. There's going to be people who are going to think that your book is good. There's going to be people who are going to think that your book isn't good. They're going right. to find something, but you got to write. Once you remove the voices of the people who you think are going to be critical of you, right. the book will come out seamless. I love that, man. I love <laughs> it. I've committed to writing my book now that I've... You know, it's... It, hold on. So it blows my mind, like, why we... Good morning, Mary. Um, it blows my mind why we wait... Now, looking back at it now, like, why I've waited to yeah. do what God created me to do because... It's not that life is easy. It's that life, I go through life with less resistance when I'm doing God's will. Yes. And, and, yes. and what I was created to do. And that is basically using all of my <laughs> crap. I, I mean, mind you, I didn't have to make things so hard for me. But because yeah, I yeah. did. But the beautiful thing about God is that you never have to... Like, he, he's never going to give up on you. So the more crap you keep doing to yourself, yeah, you're going to make it harder on yourself. But the reward is, the minute you decide to start living your purpose, is now you get to use all of that on behalf of other people. And so, that is great. And that's freeing. Super freeing. But the, the, the thing that people don't want to admit to you is how they're worshiping the attention of other people more than they're worshiping God. Yeah. Right? And so... What that means is that, like, we know, right, like, the thing to do. Or maybe we don't know, but a lot of our decisions are based off of what people may say. So I live off the, of this adage, it's not what people call you, it's what you answer to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, someone write that down. Say that one more time. That was good. I can't find a pen. It's not what people call you. Oof. Because it's, it's, it's this idea of giving 
experiences, people, attention, what have you. And one of my struggles is that I always wanted the attention of people. And I had to really deal with that truth um, to be able to live in this purpose, to be able to understand that in order for me to move people forward, I have to give, I have to give people the, uh, the, the motivation to take power away from the people that they're giving it to. Right. So, yeah, I, I think that, like, obviously, when you are living in your purpose and what God has called you to do, everybody who is supposed to be in your space will be there. Another true statement. Another true statement. And it's true. I don't know how the, the universe, the way that God designed the universe to be this giant math equation is so beautiful. Because if, when you free yourself of all the BS and, 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 and the lies and the... And the stories that we tell ourselves and the self-doubt and I'm not good enough. I've, we've always been poor. We've always been this. But when you get rid of all that and you really do step into your purpose and your truth, that's a big part of it. That's big. It's amazing the people just how, and you can take those steps of faith. You can stretch, you can stretch yourself every day and test the, test the universe, test God, whatever you believe, what you can test it. And by stepping into that faith, you get to see miracles day in, day out. You get to see the rewards of that because the people that sometimes, it's not that you won a million dollars the next day, but maybe it's the relationship that you were missing. Maybe it was that strategic partner that you needed and missed it, that you missed it, missed it, that you missed, the, that, that allows you to take your mission forward. Like now, all of a sudden, I've had this grand vision since I was seven years old that I'm like, well, how in the world is that going to happen? Well, it started to unlock the minute I told the truth. And the minute I told the truth is all of a sudden, now I'm meeting the people that I need for my TV show to go around the world. Now, all of a sudden, I'm getting attention to the sponsors that I need to help me get around the world. And then, more importantly, the contacts I need that have contacts at the UN. And the different organizations, the you know the Elton John AIDS Foundation, which is going to be big, and all the mental health. Like we're looking for more and more charities to work with. But the point is this: stepping into the truth and stepping into my purpose, I freed up the the world to bring the right people to me. And that that is what it's about. And here's another thing: we are not meant to live in isolation. We are meant to step out. We are meant. To, to live in our truth, and it's a lot easier to put yourself out there when you're living in truth. Isn't it beautiful how when you decide to take the initiative to tell the truth, then all of the people who have always been there now have access to you. And that's another thing. The reason why we don't necessarily see those people is because we are so wrapped up and sometimes ourselves mm-hmm. that we cannot even allow for these blessings to flow. So yes, to your point, absolutely. You cannot unlock the blessings that the universe has for you, that God has for you until you get out of your own way, stand in your truth, and just allow the people to gravitate towards you that need to be there. So great point. Absolutely. I'm going to throw you a freaking curveball. I never do this, but I want to discuss this. So you, you're, you obviously, you, you, you believe in God. Yes. Yes. Okay. Are you, what do you have? A, do you have a particular faith? Is, is it Jesus you worship or is it just God, the universe? What is it? God. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Tell me, I want you to explain to me how homophobia has affected you. 
in various different ways. Uh, I grew up, to give you a little bit more context about me, I grew up in Virginia, um, where religion versus spirituality is a constant struggle. I'm from Oklahoma, I get it. So, so you understand. And, it, and so I grew up in the church. I grew up going to church. My grandma had me in church all the time. Um, Bible study, choir rehearsal, all of it. Um, and I remember very, very early on being <clears throat> confused about what I was feeling for guys. And I remember very early being attracted <clears throat> to, 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 to boys. Um, but the messages in which I was hearing and the consequences in which that came with that made me very, very afraid to come out. Yeah. Now, the other thing I will also tell my grandma is, you know, well, if this is, if I'm hearing these messages, by the way, my grandma is super supportive of me. Uh, she never, ever, ever showed any type of homophobia toward me. But um, if I'm hearing these messages in the church about what is going to happen to me, why does God keep blessing So the thing was that, like, there was everybody's personal opinion about my life and how I'm supposed to live it versus what God and I have discussed and what he wants me to do and how I'm supposed to live my life. So there was a there was a dichotomy there. Homophobia has shown up in every single solitary element of my life, from career to my father to my friends to people who I thought were in my space. It just was everywhere and everywhere I looked for it, it was just everywhere. Um, I was bullied and I was targeted and all these horrible things that has happened to me. Um, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful for those experiences because it is literally one of the reasons why I know I'm resilient. I know that I can handle any type of challenge because I know me. And so that's how homophobia has impacted my life. In the, in the early stages of it, it was horrible and it, it, it hurt and confusing but now it is the thing that empowers me and it's funny mm. that now I don't even recognize homophobia in my world so there, here's another nugget that I'm going to drop on. write this down <laughs> I believe that there is one earth but 7.1 billion worlds and what I mean by that is that we live on the same planet but your world looks different than my world who looks different than her world, and her world, and his world. And you allow what's in your world by what you pay attention to. So in my world, homophobia doesn't exist. Ooh. There's nobody that's close to me in my space that's homophobic. Damn. Because it doesn't exist in my world. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Really, really quick. I want to give a shout out to everyone listening on iHeartRadio, everyone watch, listening on Spreaker, and um, oh, we've got a new to Anchor. And oh, yeah, we're on iTunes now, too. Um, and, and shout out to E360 TV. Um, there's a lot of different moving parts going on. This is crazy. It's a lot of fun and trying to remember all of it. But thank you. But of course, if you want to know who the heck I'm about to talk to, that's the lovely Facebook audience where you can find them at Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude. Uh, Tia, Michelle, good to see you. Brad, Heidi, thank you. Nicole, uh, God bless you guys. Thank you for joining. Veronica, always good to see you. Mary Sterling, my love, good to see you. Look, if you guys you guys believe that uh, you love, you're, if you're loving what he's saying, please share, hit the like button, do all that stuff, tag somebody. He is dropping knowledge, and we're talking about some stuff that, 
you know, I brought up on the show, so I'm going to, I'm going to segue a little bit. There's a reason I asked you. So I, I was, um, I was molested when I was seven after my sisters left and they, in my brain, it was disappeared. They didn't love me, abandoned me, but that wasn't the case, but it took a long time to learn that. When I was molested by two men at seven years old, um, I have to tell you, it was really, really confusing. And I, and although I didn't really understand what was happening, I don't, I can't honestly say that it was traumatizing as if you say anything, we're going to kick your ass and tell everyone that you're a faggot. That was more traumatizing than the actual event that happened. And even prior to that, my brain was like, I have, now I understand it as two spirits. It's a, you can Google it. It's interesting. It's a very interesting way of, um, of seeing life and it's considered actually a blessing. But that said, I, I spent my life in fear and growing up to ch- growing up in church and hearing you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. And I'm like, but this happened to me and I didn't, I didn't ask for this to happen. It, like what's going on with me? And then like just tr- being a kid because kids are freaking jerks. They're, you know, ah, what's up, faggot? And like, they're saying stuff like this. And it's like, well, what does that mean? What is, is this bad? Is this bad? And then you go into this already at 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, hearing faggot, and it's a bad thing and you're going to hell. It really kind of screws with your head. And you're like, but what are, what are these things in my head then? What does this mean? What does this mean? And, and then you have church doing it too. It's really, really screwed up. And to my knowledge, in Bible readers out there, that people that know the Bible better than I do, and I read the Bible, I love to read the Bible. I love it. It's my book. I have yet to find anything that showed where Jesus said this was wrong because everything else in there was put in by man. I know the difference. I, I talk to Jesus every single morning. I talk to him throughout the day. I look like a crazy person walking the streets of Little Italy. I talk to him. I know that I'm loved. I know that he made me the way I made me. He made me. And look, and I don't, it, whether it was born out of trauma or not, I, it wasn't because I remember. And it's just, but we've all, society has created labels for all of us. You're bipolar. You're PTSD. You have this. You have that. You are that. You are this. You are, and you, you will always be this. And you will always be that. And basically what that does is it sets you up for judgment. It sets you up to be labeled so you can judge yourself and put yourself in a position. Well, I don't belong to that crowd because I'm this. Right, right. That's all bull crap. All of it's bull crap. God, God loves you. God created you the way you are. Look, can you, can you do some damage to yourself and cause some, your, you know, alter your brain? Sure. But you know what? When you remove all that crap and you have your connection to God, it doesn't matter what you love and who you love. It, it really only matters what God says you are. And that's you are love and you are perfect and beautifully made the way I made you. That's exactly. it. Exactly. And, and for those of you that are listening that, you know, uh, who, who feel specifically strongly about not only this, but like is confused about like, oh my gosh, what, what am I thinking? And, and you know, what are people going to think? And am I something that, you know, that God disapproves of? Whatever that is. Um, do understand that when God stops blessing you, then mm. you should worry. Truth if, I get up, if I get up in the morning, then God is okay with my gates up. 
of life. And so blessings come, and it's important for you to have that connection with whatever spirituality you connect with. It can be whatever it is, but it's important for you to have some type of through line. Um, so, yes, I agree with you, and thank you, and I, and I want to honor you, Josh, personally, for being able to say that truth and for you to be able to stand in it because a lot of people still struggle with that. And whoever has, has struggles with it, understand that there's a, a community of people out here who are welcoming you and who welcome your truth and your space. Um, and it's important for you to understand that there is a bigger purpose for you. Um, so I, I want to honor you, Josh, for being able to stand in that truth, um, to be able to say that and still feel like I'm okay. Like I am doing some great work. I, Jesus is I, Jesus and Jesus and God both have blessed my life immensely, and especially when I start living my truth. And look, the, when I was doing the self hate, and and I was doing like, oh, you. you this is not natural. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're bad. You're bad. You're bad. When I was doing that, guess what? I was face piles and, you know, mountains of cocaine and drugs and hating myself because I didn't like, this isn't normal. Like, I, I hated myself, but the only reason I hated myself is because I told, I was told I was wrong. And like, that's, we got to stop judging. Oh my, with anything. It doesn't, look, if somebody's, doesn't have the money and they're struggling to pay their rent or maybe their clothes are not as I don't judge like be we are healed here to help our fellow man we are here to love that is all we are here to do anything outside of that is wrong that is it, it defies why you were created and I don't I I go I go after you know Christians all the time and it's not because I'm not a believer I do Jesus saved my life like, I believe it 100%. I know Jesus died for me. I know this. I know this. But I still feel the way I feel. And you, and like, and it, guess what? My relationship with Jesus and my relationship with God is mine. And what he tells me is, is to love you and accept you and, 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 and embrace you and be there for you and to try to empower you. And look, I'm not anyone's therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm not certified. I'm going through my own walk. But you know what I am here to do is to breathe life into you so that you can go get the help you need. Because you too, my friend out there listening, you were created for something far greater than what you're doing now. That's all of us. And that's me too. That's me too. But that's why I'm doing the work because I want to receive all of God's blessings. I want to receive and be able to step into my full purpose. I want that more than I want to breathe. But fortunately, I get to breathe while I'm doing yeah. it. <laughs> Great points. So, sorry, I got... Uh, no, I, I got... I got <laughs> and, that, and, and to move into, you know, what this idea of resilience is and to talk about... It's, it, I want to use the way that you were just so passionate as an example. You find resilience when you embrace the things that are not so good, right? Resilience is not about positivity. That's, that's, the, <laughs> that's the interesting thing about resilience. So when I'm describing someone, which is really interesting, when we are describing someone and we meet somebody and say, hey, tell me about Josh. Oh, Josh is passionate, he's funny, he's nice, he's spiritual, so on and so forth and so on. And I'm only using you as an example because I know you're resilient, but if I just met you and did not know your story, nobody said, oh, Josh is resilient. Why? 
because we don't know the negative things that he has been through. Resilience comes out of this idea of making it through a storm, breaking out of something and being able to come back mm. better. It's built. It is something that has to be on top of something that is not always positive, right? So, but if, if you're resilient, you also become passionate, right? So if you are an entrepreneur, if you are a preacher, if you're a speaker, if you are a basket weaver, whatever it is. <laughs> I need one of those, by the way. <laughs> um, passion is also a subsidiary of resilience. You cannot find your passion if you have not fallen on your face. Yes, yes, yes. Right? Um, and so... You know, this untapped part of mastering your resilience um, is, is something that I, I that I stand on. The very core of my business and how I even work with people comes out of this quote by Zora Neale Hurston. Here's, you know, so whoever said your notes. Yeah. This is the quote. Write this down. <laughs> that drives every single solitary thing that I do in my classes, in my one-on-one sessions, in my speeches, whatever. I start with this thing. And the quote says, if you are silent about your pain, they will kill you and say you enjoyed it. Yeah, I wonder if I said If you are silent about your pain, they will kill you and say you enjoyed it. Wow. That's so messed up. Right? So, if you have not said anything about the things that you have been through, people who know what you have been through Mm -hmm. will create their own opinions about it and then try to spread your message about it forward. No, 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 no. (laughs) I cannot allow anybody to spread my message about my own pain. You're going to hear it from me about what that pain looks like. And then you're going to also see the residual of how I turned that pain into a purpose. Yeah. Because if I just sit in my pain, and for, for me, the thing that was my vice was food. So I come, I, I'm coming back from being almost 400 pounds. Because what? Oh my gosh. Because I would go and eat and eat and eat and eat because it felt good and I would go to sleep and it was just, that was my, that was me. And that's how I dealt with my pain and I allowed everybody else to talk about what my pain was. Until one day I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to turn this into purpose. So we all have something that we go back to when wow. we feel like we cannot talk about our pain. But there is there is some real power in shame. <clears throat> right? And so I'm right now I'm working on the, I'm, I'm working on this talk about the power of shame. And like these things that people don't want to talk about and they don't want to to, to reveal <coughs> their things that, that have made them the people of who they are. You know, and, and all of these things are very Mm-hmm. But you have to make the determination whether it's going to be, if it's going to impact you negatively or if it's going to push you positively. And I choose the positive. I'm doing uh, emotional intelligence training now and, you know, I'm learning because my reaction 
I, I was able to discover that a lot of my issue, I mean, I was holding on to some other hurts, but a lot of it was when I, I would win a golf tournament, I would win a football championship and I would hear, you know, you could have done better. I never heard I'm proud of you. I mean, my mom did, but for my father, it was, you know, there was still always criticism, you know, and, and I know why he was doing it. I know, I now know and accept why he was doing it. But even when I get compliments now, it's, it's, it, I, I'm now learning to go, I receive your compliment and I appreciate it as opposed to dismissing it. And, but a lot of it, that never, it's never good enough. That fight or flight mentality that I have. If you attack me, I do one of things. I immediately attack back or I run. And, and now I'm able and have the tools to be able to sit there and go, this is feedback on how I'm showing up. This is a mirror of how I'm showing up to this person. And I love that because I've, I come into a lot of conflict. I stand in my truth and it doesn't necessarily, it's not warm and fuzzy for some people, but the feedback I get back. And if I don't like hearing it, and it's true, I don't like hearing criticism, but it's like, you know what? Okay. Does, is any of this registering for me? Is any of this hitting home for me? And if the answer is yes, then you know what? Hey, that's right. I get to work on that. And if it's not, I get to let it go. And it's so powerful because I'm able now to take the power out of negative situations that before I would punch right in the face. Yeah. yeah. And I can't go to jail again. So, I mean, six times is enough. I don't need to punch anybody in the face. For me, I was slapping people. Like, if, I felt like, if I felt like you were going to disrespect me in any way, and I didn't know my father until I was 22 years old. So I was raised um, in a sort of a single parent home. It was my mom and my grandmother, and my mom was the only child. So I, don't, I didn't have aunts or uncles or cousins or anything like that. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then my mom's in the military too. So she was deployed a lot. You know, and my grandmother worked at night as a certified nursing assistant. So there was a lot of me time. Um, and, and I understood because my mother or my grandmother, they did not, you know, they, none of, they didn't go to college or anything. So they tried to figure out the best that they could to be able to provide for me and my sister. So what that meant was when I was outside and people tried it with me, I didn't care who you was. If you was a student, friend, peer, teacher, it did not matter. I slapped you because I didn't feel like we had to argue. Like, <laughs> like you're trying to disrespect me. Now I have to like, I have to show you do not disrespect me. But the inner conflict there, or where that was actually coming from, is this 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 notion this notion that we must respond to everything. <laughs> I, you do not have to respond to every single solitary thing, right. and that is the first step to peace. That's the first step to peace, is knowing that you don't have to respond. And if you do respond, that it's in a way that brings you more peace, right? So alluding to the situation I was telling you about earlier that happened to me in 2016, everybody had hit me up. Like I would go to, I would come home, turn my phone off, and I would wake up to like 200 plus text messages of people who all just wanted to know, like, what you gonna say? What, like? Everybody on social media is saying all these things about you. And you know, God was like, don't say one thing. Wow. 
don't say one thing because what I'm showing you is not not only am I removing these people from you, but I'm showing you the people who are actually in your corner, and I'm setting you up for a bigger purpose. Now during that time, I didn't know I was gonna run. I didn't know I was gonna have this business. I didn't know I was going to have all of these opportunities to be able to share stories of resilience with people. At the time, it was just about my natural want to respond and slap everybody for <laughs> trying it with me. Yeah. But isn't it beautiful when peace shows up and allows you to be bigger and mm-hmm. to turn that thing into purpose? And now those people don't even exist to me. Sure, and all of them know that I wrote a book and they all, I'm sure, have their own opinions about it, but I don't have to respond to those people. I love that, man. I love it. Um, we could go on for five hours, bro. I um, I definitely want to have you back on the show for sure. Um, ah, thank you. Yeah, I, this has been incredible. Um, so listen, man, for coming on the show, I'm going to give you a giraffe. A giraffe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like an animal? Yeah. And um, you cannot give it away and you cannot sell it. What are you going to do with it? Is he alive? Oh, yeah, you have to feed it and water it, too. A giraffe? He's tall. Gosh, what am I going to do with my giraffe? Um, I feel like this is one of those job interview questions that, like, throws you off. Um, <laughs> what I'm going to do with my giraffe, I'm going to name him Osiris. Ooh. He and I are going to walk around. I'm going to like sit on his back. We're going to walk around and he is going to give me access to heights that I would not be able to reach on my own. Um, And we're going to work together so that I can see the world in the ways that he sees it. That's what we're going to do. Thank you. That was perfect. Oh, God. That was... I haven't done the draft question in a few days because it just... It just didn't make sense with the guests, but you just nailed it. Thank you. Thank you. Kenny, you're the best, dude. You're welcome back anytime, man. Have a good day. Thank you. Kenny, if I can just tell people they want to follow me, about writing your books. I do have cohorts 
that I push forward. I'm in my fourth cohort. I have helped over 30 authors go from idea to best-selling book in four weeks. I'd love to be able to work with you and embrace your stories and talking about it. If you, if you don't want to write a book, you just want to talk about your story and um, what resilience means to you, I'd love to welcome you to the Resilience Project where we just talk about everything and, and the power of resilience and shame. So uh, looking forward to connecting to all of you. Thank you so much, Josh, for having me on the show. My pleasure, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. All right. Talk to you soon. Oh, sweet. Natalie. Natalie. It's Natalie. We discussed this yesterday. It's Natalie, not Natalie. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I called you in the name. (laughs) Okay. So, he was terrific. That was amazing. Um, Natalie, good to see you. Tia, Mary, Bonnie, Mary, Enos, Tyler. Thank you guys so much for joining today. Charles. Um, who else? Jason Daniels, my man. Thank you so much for joining. You guys are the home of the hustle. Just absolutely terrific group of guys. Samantha, Charles, Aloha, my man. Kimberly, Michelle, good to see you guys. Thank you again for joining. Please share the video. He was awesome. Oh my gosh, he was awesome. Um, yeah, I would, you know, some, I don't know. Like, you never know how someone is going to be on the interview, especially because I don't plan questions. So sometimes when it's a train wreck, it's my fault. But he was amazing. So please share the video. Yes, Brad, it was killer. Absolutely. All right, guys. God bless. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, see you Monday. Oh, I'm going to be on at... I'm going to be on at... Uh, 1 o'clock today? 2? Yeah. 1 o'clock. Ha <laughs> ha! All right, all right. Yeah. For garden color from the ground up, start with the ground. Vigoro colored bark mulch from the Home Depot. Now three bags for just nine bucks. It protects your plants beautifully and maintains its color for up to 12 months in shades of red, brown, or black that really set off your garden, not to mention your spring. Bring on spring color with Vigoro colored bark mulch. Three bags, nine bucks. Now at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 60 per customer. Color selection varies by store.